Well, hello, beauties, and welcome to the first official episode of the new name. Nothing else changes, just the name of the podcast. And we are now called the YouTube Power Hour Podcast. So if you miss my bonus episode where I talk about bye-bye to Beauty in the Vlog, then you can go and check it out to get the update. But welcome to the YouTube Power Hour podcast. And I can't think of a more perfect guest to have for this exciting new name of the podcast. Emily Noel, one of the original I would say original beauty YouTube content creators. And I am so thrilled to have her here on the podcast. I've been a fan for a long, long time. She was probably one of the first YouTubers that I even watched back in the day. So being able to talk to her was such an honor for me. But before we dive into our interview with Emily... I want to introduce Rachel, one of my boot campers, who is going to share a little bit about her experience with the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp, which is going to be enrolling this summer, late August. And to add your name to the wait list, if you're looking to start and grow a YouTube channel, go to beautyinthevlog.com forward slash bootcamp. My name is Rachel and I'm the style blogger behind therachelreview.com and my YouTube channel is called The Rachel Review as well. And before joining the Beauty in the Vlog YouTube bootcamp, I did not really have a clear, defined, narrowed down approach to what I was doing with my channel. I was kind of all over the place. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do more handbag reviews or more fashion things, or if I wanted to interview people on my channel. I was completely all over the place and I didn't really have direction. And that's exactly what the boot camp has done for me. It's helped clarify what my channel's about, who I am, what videos I create, what my audience likes. And the feedback that I've gotten from the boot camp and all the people that I've met that are on the same journey as me has been completely invaluable. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect when I was first going into the boot camp. I was a little intimidated at first because I had listened to the podcast for so long and I wasn't sure what it was going to be like having Erica be in more of a coach situation instead of, you know, a podcaster. And she has been so helpful. She's so responsive. You absolutely get a ton of feedback from her, but everyone else in the group just kind of chips in. And if you're active in the group, the group will be active with you. And the feedback that I've gotten has been so good in helping to define my channel and move it forward and help me really, really get to a place of growth and understanding. And I think that the most valuable thing too is that if you go into YouTube and you're just this creative person, you've got all these ideas buzzing around, you're a people person, or even if you're not, you're not really thinking this is going to be a business someday and I need to really narrow down who I am, what I stand for, and why. And that's the most important thing to being a full-time YouTuber, in my opinion. And that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from just being a part of the boot camp is that Erica's helped me to see the ways in which I can clarify my vision. And once you do that, it's kind of hard at first, but the workbooks and everything that Erica has you doing in the boot camp 
helps you to clearly see your channel for what your audience is going to see it as. And that is so important because if you know who you are, you can define what videos, what titles, who your audience is. And that's basically knowing your customer. I mean, these are the people that are going to be your ride or dies. They're going to promote your channel to their friends. They're going to share your content. They're going to be enthusiastic about your videos. Before I was posting videos that got really good SEO and lots and lots of people would see them, but only a very small amount of people would really engage with them in a meaningful way. And after joining the bootcamp, I've been able to have subscribers now that actually comment on my videos and they want to see more videos from me and they want to ask me questions and they're asking me questions about stuff that my channel's about, not just the videos that happen to be me reviewing something that's super popular. I mean, they're commenting on the videos and watching the videos that might not get as many views, but they just want to see what I have to say. And that feeling is so amazing. And it's really rewarding to be able to post a video and actually have people who watch the Rachel review really want to see what I've got coming next. And I wouldn't have been able to have that kind of audience interaction without Erica's guidance and without joining the boot camp. And I'm halfway to meeting one of my goals right now. I wanted to hit a thousand subscribers before the end of the boot camp and I'm almost there. So it's it's exciting stuff. And if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you're going to spend the money on the boot camp, absolutely do it. You will not regret it. You put in the work, you get so much out of it, and it's so important to just defining your vision for your channel, knowing why you're doing what you're doing. And I couldn't have been more excited about the results that I've gotten. I can't wait to see where this boot camp takes me next. And I'm always learning from it. I'm always growing from it. And I'm so excited to see where it goes. Well, thank you for that, Rachel. And if you are looking to take your YouTube channel to that next level, if you're looking to surround yourself by incredible people who are serious about what they're doing, who understands what you're doing and is there to support and guide and help you, then I want you to seriously consider joining the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. It's a course, it's a community, it's coaching, it's expert guests, it's a whole 360 approach to improving your YouTube channel. So it's not just a course, it's an experience. To add your name to the waitlist, uh, go to beautyandthevlog forward slash bootcamp. All right. So Emily Noel, I am so excited to have her on the podcast. So many of you guys have been wanting her on the podcast. And I want you to interview Emily Noel. And when I put it out there to the Facebook group, I actually asked a couple different Facebook groups, you know, what do you want me to ask Emily Noel? I'm going to be interviewing her. I had so many questions, you guys, more than any other person that I've interviewed. So Emily Noel has such a huge fan base because she's been around for so long. And just talking to her did not disappoint. I mean, you know how you you see per, a person on YouTube or maybe a celebrity or somebody like that and you kind of have an impression of who they are and you really hope that they live up to that? And Emily Noel, you know, on her YouTube channel, she just seems super down to earth, really cool, really chill, really genuine, right? And that's exactly how she is. She just lived up to that expectation that I had of such a 
good-hearted person. I don't know how else to explain it. She's just amazing. And I am so excited to be able to bring the interview to you guys. It's going to be a two-parter. So if you are not subscribed already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's boot camp this year, and it just wrapped up recently, and it seriously changed my life. Because of this boot camp, I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over 10,000 views on one of my videos. Before this boot camp, I was lucky if I could get 100 views. Boot camp is for you if you, like I was, are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5,000 subscribers during the boot camp, growing almost 2,000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the boot camp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in one month, I think 10,000 from the boot camp. During the time of the boot camp, one of my videos even hit 70,000 views and I surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I have created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now, and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this boot camp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this boot camp with only 9,000 138 subscribers. Now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica. Even after the first week I knew that the bootcamp was one of the, do you know what, the best decision I had ever made for myself let alone just my YouTube channel. Do you work really hard on your YouTube channel, listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks, tricks and strategies but are just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn? And are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira. And if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp. So Emily Noel. Emily Eddington, also known as Emily Noel 83, is a self-proclaimed makeup nerd from the heart of the Midwest. Her passion for makeup has followed her through her career as a TV news anchor and into her own YouTube channel, Beauty Broadcasts. Emily has spent more than a decade on YouTube, and some of her favorite things to share are reviews, affordable hidden gems, and also glimpses of her life as a mom of two in her vlogs. The Illinois native now has over 960,000 subscribers and more than 170 million video views. But without further ado, here's the interview. Well, hello, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show. I've been a big fangirl of yours for 
ever just i think you're one of the other than candy johnson and marlena from makeup greek geek you're like the other person that i first started watching on youtube so just talking to you and hearing your voice i'm like oh my god this is amazing and so i'm excited i know that the beauty in the vlog community is really excited because i got so many questions for you so before we dive into all that why don't we go way back and talk a little bit about what got you onto youtube Wow. See, some of this stuff is going to be going so far back. I don't know if my memory will even take me there. <laughs> uh, no, when I started, I mean, it was just a different, a different landscape entirely. I mean, people were doing YouTube just as a hobby, really. Even professionals, um, like makeup artists, pros that are out there having channels, you got the feeling that everybody was doing YouTube just for fun, really. And so once I had stumbled across a few channels, I thought, thought, hey, I like makeup. I love to talk. So maybe this is the place for me. And so it was really like an after work activity. I was working um, at the local TV station, local ABC affiliate. And um, it just became this great way to unwind after work, you know, after covering a house fire or a shooting or all these horribly tragic things, you know, that you report on day to day for spot news. I mean, this was just the way I could really relax and talk about something I really enjoyed and connect with people who felt the same way about it that I do. So that's kind of what brought me to it and just enjoying makeup all around. That's been, that's gone back many years. I feel like from digging into my mom's purse to, you know, actually trying tons of drugstore makeup when I was in high school and college. And that really stuck with me. How long ago was this when you first got onto YouTube? Uh, gosh, it was, was it like 2007? Such a different landscape. Oh my gosh. I, I started stumbling across some channels and I did feel like a lot of the content that I was coming across was talking about more high-end makeup. Some of the people who did have channels were, um, I don't know, much more professional than I am, you know, like in, in terms of makeup background. So I felt like I might have had something to offer um, for the drugstore using community there. Mm-hmm. And so that was over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so at the time, obviously, YouTube was such a different landscape. What what were your thoughts when you were kind of creating videos? Were you I'm assuming given how long ago it was you were just creating videos, uh, you know, whenever you felt like it, not any type mm-hmm. of schedule. Like what where were you at? Where were you at at that point? And at what point did you realize, huh, this actually could be something? Yeah, well, I mean, when I started, it was long before. Well, I say long before it was it was a couple years, if not a little more before the partner program Mm -hmm. came about. So nobody was making money at this and it was purely hobby. And it was the kind of thing where you just kind of casually made a video. I remember making maybe a couple of videos a week and, um, it went on like that for a little while. And then I remember taking maybe a month break because this was so just like, you know, for fun, the views were really just sporadic and you kind of wonder to yourself, is anybody actually Mm -hmm. watching? And when I took that little bit of time off, 
I heard so much uh, feedback from people during the time when I wasn't creating videos actively. And they were saying, hey, I really liked what you were doing there. You know, I miss you. And I thought, what? You've got to be kidding me. There's like a real audience mm. forming here that's maybe not been very vocal the whole time, but they miss me. So um, that was when I got back on it. And I've never taken a long break since. I mean, I've taken like a week off maybe after having a kid or two, mm. but it's like, it's just really been consistent um, since that time. And then, so you were working at the time when you first got started, you were working as a, like a reporter, you said, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I reported at the TV station and I um, moved into morning anchor and all the while I was doing this behind the scenes. And you had asked um, a minute ago, like, when did I know that it could be something? Mm -hmm. And that was probably once um, the partner program did start to become available. And I mean, we're talking, I was doing these, these videos, Erica, in the back room of a two bedroom apartment with the worst <laughs> camera I could find, like mm -hmm. the cheapest camera I could find at Best Buy, keeping the door shut. So my husband wouldn't hear me, you know, talking, he knew I was doing stuff yeah, there, yeah. But like nobody got it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it, it was just really, really, uh, rough stuff. At that time. <laughs> and eventually the partner program came along. And I remember when I made I, it, it was around $500 um, mm -hmm. off of YouTube. And I thought this is going to pay the rent. Mm -hmm. And once, you know, my husband and I kind of put that together, it was like, wow, you know, I guess I get what you're doing now. Or like, there's some value attached to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, you know, there was plenty of value for me in the thought that there are people watching and enjoying and learning and, you know, sharing with me and I'm learning too. And that was plenty fulfilling. But I mean, when you, when you see like, wow, this, this is turning into something that actually could pay people like that's really nice. So yeah, that that was kind of a turning point where I thought I really need to be serious about it. And what did you change about your channel at that point? Um, I, I think I just really tried to be consistent with, um, posting videos. Mm -hmm. And I remember posting, it, it feels like pretty much every other day was what I was at at that time. And, you know, I didn't have kids. And so whatever I really wanted to do, I felt like I could pull off, you know, mm -hmm. outside of a full-time working schedule. Um, but again, I wasn't doing a ton of editing. The videos were just not very complex, you know, from a production standpoint. And, um, and that was fine for me. And I really, really loved every minute of it. And then at what point did you quit your full-time job or, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm either, well, yeah, let's go back to that. I mean, did you quit because you were making enough money or did you quit because you thought, hey, this is taking up a lot of my time and I want to devote more time to this? Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of layers to that because um, it was December of 2012 when I left the news and I had been doing um, the morning show for... Um, four years at that time, I was very attached to, to that role and the people I was working with, but, um, it was even probably a year or so ahead of that. I started to think the news is taking up so much valuable time. Mm -hmm. you know, and I would have to wake up at one in the morning to start getting ready, get to oh the station, uh, work just a really grueling shift uh, and, you know, going to bed at like 
six in the evening or something. Mm -hmm. That's just really strange for carrying on a normal life. But there were, there were definitely just like some lifestyle struggles associated with that shift. And I thought, um, about a year or more before I actually left the news, I thought I, I could get away with leaving earlier, but I just kept hanging on to it for a while because I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the news. I liked the people I worked with. But ultimately, when I asked myself, which which role do I really see going places, I saw YouTube going further. And I just ultimately loved having control over my content, being able to talk about whatever I wanted and, um, making my own schedule and all of that was just very appealing to me. Oh yeah. I mean, being able to be your own boss, especially compared to the grueling schedule of being a news reporter. I mean, that sounds insane. Right. Right. And, and there's just kind of that creative void too there where, you know, the, the news, you're not making anything up for the news. It, mm-hmm. it is what it is. And it can be kind of emotionally, draining at times also with just the subject matter that we're always dealing with. Mm -hmm. And um, in comparison, what I did on YouTube, you know, ad libbing and just having fun and talking about whatever I wanted, it was just a real stress reliever where I thought if if that could be what I do all the time, how great would that be? So um, making that a reality, I think, it it does take some guts. I'm sure anybody who has has been in a position to step away from a, a full time reliable job would say like you know it it took some real thought. But I'm really glad that I I took the leap. Yeah, I do know a lot of people struggle with that. You know, especially if you know they're bringing in an income that's helping support whether themselves or a family. Uh, at that time, you didn't have kids yet, right? Right. Yeah. So it was just you and your husband. Were, were you even married at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so were you, is it, was it okay in that you were actually making enough money from YouTube to support yourself or were you kind of floating and, you know, help, your husband was kind of helping out until you, you got to that point? No, fortunately, I mean, income wise, YouTube was, was far, far outweighing what I was making from the TV station. Oh, wow. that's, wow. um, that sometimes surprises people because they think, oh, you're on the news, you're mm-hmm. on TV, shouldn't you be making a lot of money? Um, news people, medium market TV news people really, really aren't. I mean, there's there's a lot of demand to, to be in those jobs. A lot of people want those want jobs. Them, yeah. And they don't really pay the greatest. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not always saying a whole lot, but it just... Um, I, I really felt comfortable and, and okay in that decision from a financial standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like then it was almost an easy decision in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember how many subscribers that you had at the time? Oh gosh. Um, I want to, I don't know if I was around 400 or 500,000 maybe mm-hmm. at the time. Okay. And that was in December of 2012. Yeah. That's, okay. that's kind of a guesstimate there, but yeah, I would say probably. And then was there any type, at, you know, before that point, because at that point you're almost at, you know, four or 500,000 subscribers. Was there like a tipping point, whether it was a collaboration or a video that went viral that kind of took your channel to that next level? Well, um, I was actually featured in the first ever YouTube on the rise mm. uh, Creator on the rise, yeah. And the first one that they did, I got happened to be part of that. They, I remember there was like me and um, people from like different areas of the of the YouTube world, just all different kinds, not just beauty people. And um, people got to vote, and then at the end of that, 
they did feature me like on the front page of YouTube. And that was a huge period of growth for my channel. Um, I mean, stuff like that, just to, to have like a special feature. I think it was like four different videos were very like obviously put out there. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really amazing for, um, I think attracting a lot of new people to my channel. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that I've heard of really good things. Uh, one of the beauty and the vlog, I have a, a boot camp that I run. Uh, she got that creator of the rise exotic and it just kind of blew up her channel. It's an incredible opportunity if you can get it. Yeah, that was really, really awesome. And uh, do you remember like how many subs you were at at that point when you got the creator on the rise and then how many you were kind of at the end of that? I honestly can't. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had that on the tip of my tongue, but I, I remember that was well before um, I left the news. I was kind of in the middle of my news uh, life at that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just, it, it was just really encouraging to me to, to get to see that growth. Um, although I don't remember exactly how many <laughs> subscribers it took me to. Yeah, that's, that's really, really incredible. So congrats on that. Uh, but you've had so much success, uh, you know, in, in YouTube. So what about though, kind of on the other side of the spectrum, what, what are you struggling with at all with your YouTube channel? Um, well, I think I've seen a lot on YouTube in all this time. And when you start from the place I started at, like, you know, it was it was just a hobby thing. And now I feel like kind of the struggle is that brands have really, um, maybe in, in good ways and not so good ways, sunk their teeth into this creative community mm -hmm. and kind of taken hold of some things. And I don't know, just sort of manipulated a lot of the message that's coming out. Whereas it once was, um, Hey, here's what I just picked up from the drugstore. It was totally on my own decision. You know, nobody sent me a package of goodies. Nobody told me to say this stuff. It was just all very free and natural. And then, um, I think now any influencer really is, is bombarded with a lot of stuff in their inbox as far as, you know, here, here's a pitch to, to do this sponsored content, or, you know, we want to make this sort of relationship with you. And, and um, I, I think uh, everybody's got to be really choosy about that kind of thing. I mean, not everybody is necessarily, but I think I think it's in the best interest of our viewers if we as creators are very, very choosy. And um, I've chosen to stay away from sponsored stuff. And that's not to say everybody who chooses it is bad, but um, my reasons why just kind of go back to the specific journey I have had with YouTube. And I saw it start in that place as I've described where, you know, it's, it's all about the connection with me and my viewers. And that's who I made videos for. When I started doing YouTube, it was just me and the people watching it, There were, there were no other factors. And, um, you didn't even think that you'd get a brand's attention, you know, <laughs> back in those days. And so it, it wasn't even a thought. And I feel like from my standpoint, it's been very important for me to keep that connection between me and my viewers. And that's just, that's just the only thing that feels right. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I, I love about you. And I know that the, your community loves about you is that you really are so connected to, uh, serving your audience and um, from a very genuine place. Um, but I can imagine that it would be hard because, I mean, given your popularity, given your size, I would imagine that you've had some pretty tempting offers. 
Well, I have. I, there have been some things that sounded really good. The, my issue has been all of the strings attached. And I did. I, did, I remember discussing this with Jen as well, like, um, you know, the bullet points that need to be included in the video. You know, we, we want you to do this video. We want you to compare product A to product B. Product A comes out on top. And then we need you to reference these five things. And then it needs to be posted on this platform and this platform and this platform. And maybe to some people, this sounds totally normal normal. But to me, that sounds like uh, just completely lifting up the control and the creativity from my channel over to um, a company, basically. And um, I just I, I just can't get on board with it. Now, if, if a brand contacted me, Erica, and said, like, say whatever you want, free and open, like we are not giving you any, any stipulations, anything, and we'll pay you X amount. I'd be like, well, you know, um, hmm, that, that doesn't sound too bad, but I have yet to see anything that opens up any sort of freedom to me. And I don't know if brands really are, <laughs> uh, don't trust with it. I would just go along with the gag and they want to really give me a lot of, a lot of guidelines, but it's just n no offers have seemed worth taking. I was going to ask that. Have you ever, you know, have you ever said, oh yeah, that, that, that's great. They're giving me complete freedom to do what I want. You, you actually haven't. That. No, not at all. No. That's I mean, surprising. Uh, everything, everything has just, I don't know, a, a to-do list attached, yeah. uh, strings attached, as I say. And I just, um, it just doesn't, doesn't really feel authentic to me to do it that way. And maybe, maybe I'm a control freak. I don't know, but I just, I really, I really like it to the opinions to just truly come from me. And did you ever actually do one of those uh, videos or deals, you know, maybe before, and then you realize like, Oh, I don't know. Like, did you ever say, okay, let me try it out. No, I've never done oh, wow. a sponsored video whatsoever. You've never done one this entire time. You've not done one sponsored video. Never. If you look in the disclaimer wow. at the bottom of my videos in the description box, um, I have never accepted money in exchange for a video. And there aren't a lot of ways to stand out and be unique on YouTube in the beauty community. And it might be somewhat sad that this is a way to stand out on YouTube because so many people are doing sponsorships. But mm -hmm. I mean, th this is, I feel like I can have viewers watch me and they don't have to wonder in the back of their mind, like, really, where is she coming from here? What's her motivation here? And um, I, like I said, the connection with my viewers started very early um, and from a place where that these were the only people I was talking to, just the people watching, just the people who were getting on their computers at whenever at night and deciding to look up some beauty videos. So that's where my kind of where my loyalty lies. I think that's really fantastic. I mean, I, I don't knock people for doing sponsored videos because, you know, so you got to make money. And for some people that works for some people, I mm -hmm. think some people, you know, it, it's their journey on YouTube may have started a different way, you mm -hmm. know, with for a different reason from a different place with a different need in mind. But that just hasn't been, you know, my story, so to speak. So you're saying that because you started way back in the day with really the sole intention of like sharing your experience and just coming from a very just more down to earth, just genuine, like, hey, this is makeup, that that was as a result, that's kind of the community you built. And by doing any type of sponsored videos, you, you think you would stray from that? 
I do. I, um, I just so enjoyed those years of YouTube, those mm-hmm. earliest years, and I loved it. And uh, another issue might be that I am a pretty stubborn person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I see my, my little girls doing stuff sometimes. I'm like, why are they so stubborn? And then I'm <laughs> like, well, yeah, maybe it comes back on me. But like, I just... I get in my head a way I want to do something and a way I enjoy it. And this is just the way I like to do it. So I I think it's really admirable. I think it shows the type of um, integrity that you have as a creator and just as a person in general, where you just kind of stick to it and say, Hey, that that's my value system. And I'm not going to waver from that regardless what is thrown at me. Right. Um, And it is a really interesting point, and this is something I had a, a podcast episode that came up at the beginning of the season where I talked about, you know, things as a creator you really shouldn't worry about. And one of the things, and this was actually more geared towards people that are much smaller than you, people that, you know, have less than 100,000 subscribers. But, you know, one of the things I mentioned is, you know, working with brands and reaching out to brands, I see so often and with people that I work with, people in the com- YouTube community and Facebook groups, like, oh, you know, talking about, oh, I need to connect with this brand and that brand. And then you look at their channel and they've got, you know, 500 subscribers or a thousand subscribers. And I feel like saying you're, this is what I did say is like, you're you're totally putting the cart before the horse. Like you, how can you even work with a brand or even think about working with a brand and you haven't even built up your audience. I mean, you're taking it to the other extreme of saying my audience is number one and I'm not even going to touch that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I think some people see what's already out there, you know, like uh, big names in YouTube and maybe Mm -hmm. they see like, oh, they've got this connection or that connection with a certain brand. And it really like makes them see where they want to be, you know? And so they think, how do I get there? How do Mm -hmm. I get, is there a fast track somehow? And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I imagine that's probably what goes through some people's minds. And, you know, I, I don't knock anybody for getting on YouTube and trying to really build a life from it and, and make it their true career because Mm -hmm. I I think it's great. And, Mm -hmm. but there's another big thing here. Like I do get AdSense money and I, a lot of times there's this discussion about, like if I'm going to put food on the table, I've got to do sponsorships Mm -hmm. and that's not, um, for for me. And maybe it's just been this long-term nature of my channel. I've got a ton of videos out there, um, that do have ads on them. And, Mm -hmm. uh, AdSense has been a wonderful thing Mm. my channel. So. So for you, do you, do you have any other income other than AdSense, like affiliates or anything like that? Yes, I do, um, link to, most anything I can under my, you know, in my description, under my videos, when I'm reviewing something, when I'm doing a get ready with me, I list everything down there and I link to everything that I, that I possibly can, Mm -hmm. um, through some sort of affiliate link, like to Ulta or Sephora. And uh, my thought on that is that I would link to any product I talk about anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, good or bad, I would direct people to the website where they can get more details. And so this is a way where I can continue doing that basically, but it it can benefit me um, if people click it and decide to buy the product, let's say. So I do see that as, as another beneficial thing I think someone can do to, um, give their, give their revenue a boost. Oh yeah. We've talked about affiliates a lot on the podcast with different guests and it's definitely a great income stream. And, you know, uh, is what, what would you say? I mean, how, how do you do with the affiliates? You do pretty good with them. Um, yeah, I, I would say I do. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure like 
where, where everyone stacks up with that. I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's really widely talked about a whole lot, but um, I, I just feel like if you're transparent about it and you kind of share like, you know, in your description, this, the, these are what these links are. Like I have a little paragraph written mm-hmm. down there. So people are aware if, if I'm clicking on this, this is what it's going to do. You know, it's just not a random link. It is an affiliate link. And, um, if the, as long as the audience, you know, is willing to read that and educate themselves, I think it's just a great way to, yeah. to um, give, give your channel a little boost. And so uh, looking at your income from, say, uh, AdSense versus uh, AdSense and then affiliates, like what percentage uh, of your overall income comes from AdSense versus affiliates? I would say uh, probably 80% of my income comes from AdSense. Oh, okay. Yeah. So most of it is, is the AdSense. Yeah. Okay. And this is interesting. So I'm wondering, because this isn't, these aren't stats that out there that, that are out there, but you know, you have a very loyal community. Uh, I would imagine your watch time is is pretty high, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't spend a lot of time pouring over. No, because you don't. Uh, my need to. probably not as much as I should. Yeah. Um, but I, generally speaking, yeah, I do have pretty good uh, viewer retention. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting because I would imagine because everyone's AdSense is, is a little bit different, right? Based on different factors, based on mm-hmm. uh, watch time and all that. And I'm wondering because you have, you've, you've cultivated this very, very loyal following. Uh, people know they can trust you. You're not doing brand deals. You're really, really sticking to just what you said you're doing, which is just honestly reviewing products that as a result, you know, you, your views are, are healthy and robust and same thing with your watch time. And as a result, then your AdSense is maybe higher than, than somebody else who might have a similar number of subscribers and, and everything than you. That's a good point. I, I didn't really think about it from mm-hmm. that, from that perspective, but yeah. this, is, this is fascinating to me, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because, you know, for people like yourself that are successful and you're doing your own thing and you're really focused on serving your audience, that's your hundred percent focus that you don't even really think about or, or even look into these kind of things, but you know, not my end. I, I work with mm-hmm. uh, creators and, you know, I work with them and help them with their channels. So that's where my, my mind goes is like, you know, this is a very, you're the first person I've spoken to on the podcast uh, you know, I have over, over, gosh, almost 150 interviews that has blatantly at your size, uh, has that said, I have never taken a sponsored video. And I think it's, I think it's great. I think either approach is great, right? I mean, I, I'm not knocking anybody any other way. And I think yours is really, really great. And, and also I think it should be, like you said, there's so many people that do take brand deals. So the fact that you haven't almost makes you unique, but I, I want to almost present this to people listening to think about, kind of what Emily is doing in the sense of maybe you don't have to take brand deals. If you really can cultivate that really loyal audience, then you can probably make a decent amount from affiliates because people are wanting to purchase what you're talking about. And then same thing with your AdSense might, you know, might be a little bit healthier, more robust than, than other creators because you've got that loyal, loyal audience. That's a good point. And it's, it's also tough to say like, the length of time too that I've been on YouTube and yeah, the amount so of many videos that built up yeah. um, might have something to do with it as well That's because um, you know it, it is tough for someone who's who sees the appeal of of this kind of 
career and wants to just bounce right into it. And, you know, how do you stand out? How do you Mm -hmm. get the views up? How do you get, you know, make the connections? And so I I feel for people who are trying to dive into it at this time and, and, you know, needing all the guidance and everything. So definitely it is, it's it's totally different ballgame. I mean, you started more than 10 years ago, so you've had a lot of time to build up that credibility with your audience. So uh, there's a lot of things that play with YouTube. It's, It's very, very interesting. So um, we're going to move into the best tips section. And so with this, you're going to just top from the top of your head, like best tips. All right. So the first is what is your best tip for starting a channel? Uh, Best tip for starting a channel is don't fashion yourself and your personality off of someone else. Ooh, that's good. Uh, What is your best tip for what not to do? What not to do? I would say... I feel like I'm going to say, I would say at the start of the <laughs> Sorry, audience. Um, uh, what not to do? Don't lie. Mm. I mean, it's very simple, but just be honest and, and check yourself and think, is this really what I want to be talking about? Is this really what I want to say about it? And if you're misleading people, I mean, you, you've got to check yourself. But I feel like there's a little bit more there. Do you have you worked with creators or just been been exposed to people that you've known of like blatantly been lying to their audience? Well, I mean, I can't I guess I can't accuse that. I don't know really I haven't gotten in anybody's head to know for sure that mm-hmm. they're lying, but um I I guess I would say this. I've gotten some of the same emails some other people have probably gotten, and I've seen some of those things come to fruition on yeah. YouTube. And, um, I can just kind of see it all playing out. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I so am, am supportive of creative ideas, trying to come up with something you haven't already seen a thousand times and making it your own. Mm-hmm. I think that's really great. And you really do do that. I mean, it's like, how many different ways can you review a drugstore, mas- drugstore mascara? Well, you've definitely figured out a bunch of different ways to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah you you definitely got that (laughs) I don't know I don't know how it still stays so exciting to me but somehow it does (laughs) that's that's great that's when you know you've hit on your passion that's when you know it you know you said I don't care I could talk about mascara all day long for 10 15 years I mean you've been doing it for a really long time Um, so what is your best tip for growing a channel hmm um consistency. Mm. I really think uh, when I find somebody um, new on YouTube, I just stumble across them. I go to their channel and if there's really not much there, or it seems like, oh, maybe the last time they posted was five months ago, but now here's a random video or something like it just, it just doesn't give you a lot of confidence in their channel. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really make you feel like they're, they're into it. So I might not go ahead and subscribe. So if why, I think yeah, because like posting once in a blue moon, and I just think you've got to, if you want to build up that that following of people, you've got to give them uh, material on a regular basis. Exactly, and also, like, how? Why would you want to invest in a channel if they're not invested in their own channel? Right. It, mm-hmm. it, precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- wh- and you upload quite often. What's your upload schedule? Um, right now I'm doing, um, three beauty videos a week and one vlog. So technically four videos a week. Um, one of them being just like kind of random content. Okay. That's yeah. So four videos, so four videos. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Um, 
Okay, that's awesome. So what is your best tip to get noticed on YouTube? Ooh, these are good questions. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> get noticed. Um, oh my gosh. I'm not so sure I'm really that good at that, Erica. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so like your next door neighbor. Uh, but I, I think you need to be genuine and you need to um, really just not try to pattern yourself after someone else. Um, I I feel like there are personalities that are like, notice me, notice me, notice me, you know, look at what I'm doing and, and stuff like that. And, and they are great in themselves. But when you see that coming out, you know, over and over again from other people who are clearly thinking this is the YouTube template to follow, mm-hmm. like then, then you won't stand out if you try to do that. So you've got to, uh, be very in tune with who you are and what makes you special and stick with it. Definitely, for sure. Um, okay, and best equipment tip? Hmm, equipment tip. Um, gosh, uh, one thing that has really been good for me since I've been shooting videos in the early, early, early morning hours since having kids, that's kind of my video shooting time. And my ring light has really been good. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms of that, I use that and a couple of softbox lights and I, because I find that struggle to create natural looking lighting when it's basically dark or nearly Mm -hmm. dark outside when I'm shooting videos. And so, I mean, I know that's pretty, pretty typical stuff probably for a lot of people who are doing their YouTube channels, but even just, just a ring light (laughs) could help. I think, um, just, I don't know, perk up your situation there. If you're looking for some lighting element to add in. Definitely. So you use one ring light and two softboxes. Yes. Okay. Any, any other lighting at all, or that's pretty much it? Um, that's it. I've got an overhead light as well mm-hmm. <laughs> that I turn on and that's, that's it. I, oh, I do have a background light, like just kind of a lamp mm-hmm. to sort of soften things up in the background. And, um, that's been pretty good, but, uh, I, I've tried to, I don't know, really lean into the fact that I like sort of not too overly produced content. Like I, I I kind of like the feeling of I'm just here in my house. I'm not trying to turn this into a studio. It just is what it is. And you're here in my house with me and it's intimate and that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've sort of tried to stick with that aesthetic. Awesome. Yeah. I think you've done a good job at kind of keeping just that girl next door persona type thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm I'm not too fancy. So, <laughs> um, what? Okay, so we've got the the last part, and this is the beauty bonus round. But I am gonna keep you a little bit longer because I got so many questions from the beauty in the vlog community. But I do need to go through the beauty bonus round before I get into those questions. So, Alrighty. um, all right. Oh well, this is kind of fun. I I'm personally curious about this, given like you are just such a Oh, gee, when it comes to beauty, uh, what are your, so this is like not YouTube channel related. This is fun. What are your three holy grail ride or die beauty items of life? Okay. Um, tweezers. I've got a lot of things to tweeze on my face. Oh, I got a unibrow that wants to come out about every other day. So I have to have tweezers. The specific ones that I use are the elf $1 tweezers and they really? are tweezers. 
best. They are the best. Okay. And I have like a set in my travel bag and I've got some at home, you know, at home in my table. And that is a must. Mm-hmm. Um, I also absolutely need an eyelash curler mm-hmm. because my lashes want to be really, really straight and mascara wouldn't matter if I didn't have an eyelash curler. So I use, um, it's one from Tweezerman It's called pro curl and that's the one I love. And then, um, gosh, if I had to pick one other thing, hmm, should it be makeup? Should it be skincare? Can it be anything? Could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, something I really love and have used since college, this type of product is, are the, um, they come from Olay or also Equate at Walmart and they are the face wash cloths that are dry, but then once you add water to them, they suds up mm-hmm. and they are so perfect for removing a full face of even heavy makeup. And, um, my skin's usually pretty consistent and pretty good. And I feel like I credit that step of getting everything off at the end of the day. And I actually have used those kinds of things ever since I was in college. Wow. So long term. Okay. What about one makeup product? One makeup product. Um, let's go with Benefit Erase Paste Concealer. Mm-hmm. Um, or right now it's called Boing Brightening Concealer. That's the new name that it's under. Shade number two. It's a peachy concealer. And if I have melasma peeking through on my skin, if I've got dark circles, um, that's that's a really good go-to product, I think. Gotcha. Uh, okay. What we kind of talked a little bit about this, but what do you use to edit? What camera do you have? We talked about lighting and what do you use for sound? Okay. Um, I edit on iMovie. Still iMovie? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Not even, not even Final Cut. Nope. Uh, it's (laughs) really all I I need. Um, the content I'm doing, I mean, I just, like I said, I don't really put a ton of value in, in super highly produced. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't go to final cut at some point. Um, that's what we had at the TV station where mm-hmm. I worked. And, um, but yeah, I edit on iMovie, my camera. Um, I, I, I would need to go upstairs and check <laughs> exactly what, what camera it is. No. And I will let you know. Yeah. Let you email me and let me know and I'll put it in the show notes. I just recently got a new one. It's oh, okay. a Canon and it's got the flip around screen. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. So it's killing me that I can't think of the exact numbers that are associated with it, but I love it. Um, and I don't, I, I don't need any sort of a, a mic situation really for my videos. I sit really pretty close to my camera mm-hmm. um, and it picks up very well. So, okay, great. Uh, what would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel right now? Um, I don't think I would pressure myself to post quite as frequently as Mm -hmm. I did at the start, because I mean, I was busting them out, Erica, in my early days, it was like every other day or just, just really, really frequent. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you need a little, allow yourself, allow yourself some time to come up for air (laughs) a little bit. And uh, while I think consistent posting is important, it doesn't necessarily have to be every other day or, you know, don't, don't stress yourself out over that quite so much. I think some people get into really set schedules, which can be nice because it's predictable for your audience. But at the same time, like if you need to spread it out a little bit and, you know, just let yourself formulate some new ideas and, um, just take a little time for yourself. I think that's okay too. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think you sometimes, I mean, it, you, you want to try and upload at least once a week, maybe twice a week. But beyond that, if it's sacrificing the quality to get the quantity out, then I'd say it isn't worth it. Yeah. What, uh, oh, who would be your dream collaboration? Oh, man. Um, goodness. Well, I, I just recently collaborated with Jen, and mm-hmm. that was absolutely awesome. Um, my goodness, I, and I've collaborated at times with other people, like kind of in a, you know, we're both going to post a video at the same time sort of sense. Um, but who would I want to like, just, you know, have over to my house again and do something (laughs) with, um, ah, I'm thinking back to my earliest days. I would have, um, maybe like, uh, Julie G. Mm Mm-hmm. Over, I, she is one that I remember watching in the earliest of days on mm-hmm. YouTube. And uh, Julie G, yeah. And for those of you listening, when she says Jen, she's referring to Jen Loves Reviews, who's yes. a good friend of mine. And uh, Jen actually went to Emily's house and they filmed like at her house, which is so cool. Yeah, that was, I was stunned that she wanted to come to my neck of the woods and do that, but she did, and I was like, oh my gosh, we, we had a ball. We could have gone on for like, I think, days on end, yeah. just continuously talking and just talking makeup and everything. It she was, told me that. She told me it was just so much fun. It was awesome. Uh, and she's the one who connected us. So yeah. shout out to Jen. <laughs> yes. uh, okay, what is, uh, let me see. Okay, I asked you what you would not do again. Uh, what is the biggest mistake you've made in your YouTube career? I think I should have um, gotten better equipment sooner on my channel. Um, again, when I started, it was everybody was talking to webcams in their bathroom. That was mm-hmm. just kind of the, the it was way a it thing, was. yeah. But um, I kind of wish just looking back at those videos, which I'll embrace them. I'm not going to ever delete them from my channel. You can go back and watch my elf brush review. Everyone's first video I ever did on my channel. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take it down, but I, um, I, I kind of had such a long stretch where I just didn't really know any better, you know, mm-hmm. and I just didn't, nobody was really asking for it because it, it just wasn't greatly produced, wonderfully beautiful YouTube videos at that time just weren't out there. So, um, but I kind of wish I would have, would have thought to do something like that mm-hmm. sooner, earlier on. Uh, who do you love watching on YouTube? Oh, I, I love Kristen game. Um, I love watching, um, I think Erin Williams blogs. Now she's not really a beauty YouTuber, but her mm-hmm. vlogs for some reason just draw me in. I think cause she's got two little kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, gosh, I love, uh, Lisa J makeup, Jen loves reviews. Um, just gosh, uh, most recently Shane Dawson. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I really got into him with the whole uh, graveyard girl yeah. situation. Yeah, that was and really I thought, interesting. oh, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I dug in a little further. And I'm like, this guy's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's just a few. Um, I know I'm forgetting a ton, but, but that's some. <laughs> uh, what is the smartest decision that you've made in your YouTube career? Um, I, I think it's been sticking to a 
uh, viewers first mentality in terms of what I'm putting out. I, t- I take a lot of suggestions in terms of what they want to see. And I, they are at the forefront of my mind when I am thinking, you know, what's useful to share about this product? Like what, what should they know? I, I also, of course, the lack of sponsored video content is something that is, is there to serve my viewers and make them feel really, I don't know, just comfortable and confident in me and, and what I'm sharing with them. I love that. I love the viewers first mentality. I think that is so great. I think that's so reflective of of you and your approach to everything. And it's something that I feel like I just go on and on about, you know, when working with creators. Yeah, it's it's a great, it's great. It's, It's a lot of integrity in the content, and really having respect for the viewer. And I think that's definitely, honestly, I think that's the way that every single person coming onto YouTube should approach it at the beginning, you know, whether that's or not you, uh-huh. that's what it's all about is, mm-hmm. is, you know, connecting with people. You're here to receive comments and be there for, you know, tens of thousands of people to tune in and watch. So if you are not, if what you're saying isn't beneficial or helpful and it's only self-serving and, you know, how much can I profit from this one thing? It's, it's just the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yes, you can have some of that. And I'm sure some people very successfully pull off their channels with some sponsorships thrown in and, and this and that. But I just think you have to be thinking all the time, like, how am I benefiting the audience? Because that's who's keeping you afloat, uh, you know, in yeah. this yeah, I, it's true. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with working with, with a brand, but it has to stay really true to yourself, really true to the benefit of your audience. So how would this, how can I create this video, whether it's sponsored or not? How can I create it so that it's really a value? And you can create videos that are value that are sponsored, but it, it might be harder because the brand has a certain idea of what they want. But if you're able to work with them and say, hey, I know that my audience like won't respond well to that. Like I know what my audience would like and it, it's me to be more open and free. And if you don't like it, you can, you know, uh, go fly a kite. <laughs> and my hope is maybe that brands are are learning. This is all still, I mean, so even new. though we look back at, to the start of my channel and I think I've been around here for ages, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's all still pretty new in the scope of advertising and, and brands and stuff like that. So my hope is that brands are are learning all the time what's really you know, working best and who's, who's really, you know, effectively maybe even pushing people in the direction of their brand, but not by way of, of maybe something that's sponsored and, and maybe they'll see the value in that. Yeah. Totally. I I agree. And I agree with you. It's YouTube is still in its infancy. People are still figuring out stuff. And uh, I think the I think the brands are going to evolve. That relationship between the brands and the creators is going to have to evolve. And uh, it'll be interesting where, where it goes from here. And you, I mean, I, I could see you being a trailblazer and being very much in the sense of, hey, I'm, I'm really my own person. I'm, I'm, I'm approaching it this way. It's really, I'm not working with brands and it's really a viewer's first mentality. And so, you know, some people might look at that and say, hey, I, I can do that too. So I think it's, I think it's great. And I love that you're, you share that. Um, what is your favorite video that you have done or the one that you're the most proud of? Um, hmm. Oh my gosh, this is, this is so hard. This is really tough. Um, I think back to, um, 
<laughs> Do you remember when Katy Perry and Russell Brand were a couple? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did a half and half face. And this was, I think, during that on the rise thing. I oh. created myself him and I thought I did it really, really well. Good. <laughs> that That's interesting. That, that was during the time when I got um, the on the rise poll. And so um, that was that was just one of those things. It was so random. And I remember my sister was kind of like, you should try something like that. Yeah. And I did it and it was fun. Um, it doesn't really sum up me and who I am to my channel and everything. But that was that was really memorable. Mm -hmm. um, but one of my favorite things that I probably have done is the Emily Awards. And oh, I love those. Oh, my God. Those are my favorite. I don't, you know, sometimes, you know, you watch different YouTube videos or whatever, and then I'll, I'll forget, and I, I wouldn't have watched yours forever, but I always know at the end of the year, I, I want to watch the Emily Awards. I think it's so cute how you progressed it over time with including your family and your husband, and it's great. Talk a little bit about that. I love the Emily Awards. Yeah, well, this is, it's really turned into this multi-part um deal. You know, I remember when I did my first like favorites of the year video, probably back in 2008 or something. And it was like, you know, just one video talking about my favorites. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept growing it and growing it. And, um, this past year I kind of turned it into a marathon, like a daily thing for a week. And it was a lot of work, but it was so much fun. And it was really um, neat to split up products into so many categories and really give it, give them all special attention and just make it as detailed as it could possibly be and has ever been on my channel. So that's been the best one that I've done was this past year's. That's awesome. I, I, I love that, that series that you do. How many years have you been doing it? Um, it would be... I think, was that my ninth year, maybe? Hmm. Uh, and that might have been my eighth, eighth or ninth um, this past time. Wow, that's a long, that's amazing. That's a, that's a long time. <laughs> yes. uh, what is your favorite opportunity that you received as a result of being on YouTube? Um, I've gotten to do um, a, a couple of meetup type things. Uh, well, I, I've went to a couple, I've been to a couple of IMATs and those were really cool kind of earlier on in the IMATs days when I think YouTubers were a little more welcomed, um, in that format. Mm -hmm. um, but also just, uh, meet and greet situations at, at an Ulta not too long ago. Um, and, also in local Macy's here where I live and just getting to actually hug the people who watch what you're doing because it's so just, you know, you're seeing comments on the computer and it's wonderful and people are so kind and so loving and it's, it's great, but getting to connect in person, I think any, any creator would say like, that's really amazing. And uh, it just, somehow it makes everything feel so real and you, you just yeah. do to, to really connect with people in that way. And, um, I do have a, another cool opportunity that I haven't, um, been able to say a word about yet. And I, I can't really talk about it. <laughs> oh <either>. no. <laughs> I, I've got a really, a really cool couple of things, um, in the works. All so. right. Well, well, people can keep, keep their eye out. Um, yeah. and last question here before we dive into the, the listeners questions. What is your superpower? Meaning, what do you have that comes naturally to you that you feel has contributed to your success? Um, enthusiasm. Mm. I 
I truly, truly love makeup and I love talking about it. And I'm, that's, that's what's driving it all, you know? And I, there are a lot of people out there like me is what I've learned through, you know, connecting with viewers and seeing just how passionate people are about it. But I'm not really super enthusiastic about becoming a star or Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, just, you know, all the, all this other stuff that's attached to it, but I'm really enthusiastic about makeup and that helps. You know, I think that's, I think that's like the, the lightning in a bottle when it comes to YouTube. I think it's really finding really what you're passionate about. And I think a lot of people think makeup is what they're passionate about and, and it and it possibly is. It's harder these days, I think, to kind of grow in that that niche. But ultimately it, it comes down to finding something that you're so passionate about that you would be willing to talk about it day in and day out for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's ask yourself what doesn't get old to me? Mm-hmm. Like what what really just lights me up and um for me, that's it. And, and that's what started it all. Yeah, I, I love that. So thank you for this. Uh, you've been amazing. But you know, we're gonna shift a little bit and uh, talk about some of the viewers questions. But this has been amazing. So hold on one second while I get the questions. I hope you enjoyed part one with my interview with Emily Noel. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you do not miss out on next week's follow-up to this episode. Next week is going to be all of the questions that I got from you guys. And that's pretty much a full hour. So Emily Noel answers your questions in next week's episode. I'll see you then. Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's boot camp this year and it just wrapped up recently and it seriously changed my life. Because of this boot camp, I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over 10,000 views on one of my videos. Before this boot camp, I was lucky if I could get 100 views. Boot camp is for you if you, like I was, are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5,000 subscribers during the boot camp, growing almost 2,000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the boot camp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in one month, I think 10,000 from the boot camp. During the time of the boot camp, one of my videos even hit 70,000 views and I surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I have created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now, and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this boot camp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this boot camp with only 9,000 and 138 subscribers. Now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica. Even after the first week I knew that the bootcamp was one of the, do you know what, the best decision I had ever made for myself let alone just my YouTube channel. Do you work really hard on your YouTube channel, listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks, tricks and strategies but are just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? 
Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn? And are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira. And if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp.